The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The May 31st edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of May 31st, 2023. Orcas has strong showing at state track tournament. Knapp family's historic barn undergoes restoration. Derico aims to make the impossible possible in Skate Park Hero contest. Catching up with Lopez graduates, Reese Hamilton. Plus, choice excerpts from the Sheriff's Log. From the Island's Sounder, Orcas has strong showing at state track tournament. The Orcas High School track team competed at state the last weekend in May in Yakima, Washington. Bethany Carter came in second for discus and fifth for shot put. August Moore was seventh in the women's 3200 race. Malia Martinolich came in eighth for the 400 race. In the 4x100 relay, Diego Lago, Guillermo Sagara Iglesias, Porter Willis, and Remy Lago finished sixth. Diego Lago came in third for both triple and long jump. Ethan Moss traveled to the state competition as an alternate. Knapp Family's Historic Barn Undergoes Restoration by Jack Russillo, member of the Knapp Family. By no means was Orcas Island's most northeast barn a standout when it was built circa 1890. After Danish immigrant James Jorgensen homesteaded the land, it was a medium sized, rectangle shaped structure built decades after the island started being transformed and farmed by Euro American settlers. Today, the barn holds significance. After a few turnovers in ownership and multiple structural additions across more than 130 years, the original building still stands there as the oldest in-use barn on Orcas Island, although you might not know it by the looks of it. That's because it just got a makeover. The barn, in a field just north of Buckhorn Road on the Knapp family farm, was recently awarded a grant from the Washington State Department of Archaeology and Historic Preservation to support its restoration, the barn met one of the main application requirements when Jean Knapp applied for it to be added to Washington's Heritage Barn Register in 2007, the program's first year. It is now one of more than 800 heritage barns across the state, one of nine in San Juan County, and one of three on Orcas. The old barn deserved the designation but needed some care. More than a century of being on the front lines of storms blowing in from the northeast, baking in the summer sun, and providing shelter for various farm animals took a toll. When the Knapp family applied for the grant in the winter of 2021, there were many issues. Half of the roof needed to be replaced, along with most of the rafters and framing. The foundation on all four sides needed to be redone. Wood flooring had to be ripped out and replaced. Doors and windows required repair. The list goes on. After months of nervous waiting, the good news came that the family's grant application was accepted, which provided the momentum needed to get the restoration underway. 
The Knapp family began work in July 2022, and they're on track to be completed in time for the June 2023 deadline. While you may have to squint on a sunny day to look at the shiny new roof, the barn still retains its charming character and original features. When the broken gable-style barn was first constructed, some of the framing beams in the main section of the barn were repurposed from the original ferry dock on the north side of the island sometime in the early 1900s, as well as some salvaged beams from a nearby bridge and some old wood ships from that era. These parts and others are still part of the barn, preserving local history and materials. The rest of the wood from when the barn was first built was sourced locally from untreated island fir, which is what was also used for the recent restoration. Funded by the recent grant, new roof beams, skip sheathing, floorboards, wall panels, and other timber were milled on the farm using timber from the property. Trees for new rafters were felled and debarked in the Knapp's forest land. Now that the Heritage Barn has been restored with some modern upgrades to its structural integrity, it just needs a few years to weather and it will look like an old barn once more. This summer, while it's fresh and shiny, the Knapp family will be partnering with the Orcas Island Historical Society to host an event to commemorate the barn project's completion. Open to the public on Saturday, July 22nd, all are welcome to attend the party at the Knapp Family Farm. Stay tuned for more details on this summertime community celebration. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, De Erico aims to make the impossible possible in Skate Park Hero Contest, by Heather Spaulding. Longtime islander Aaron De Erico is in first place in the Skate Park Hero Contest, the winner will take home $10,000 and skate with skating legend Tony Hawk himself. I have always loved skate culture. I would love to meet Tony and talk to him, see how I can contribute, DeErico said. The contest benefits Hawk's Skate Park Project, which builds skate parks in underserved communities across the nation. According to the website, the project has created safe and inclusive public skate parks since 2002. Skateboarding has more depth than just sport. It's about inclusivity, creativity, and community, Hawk is quoted as saying on the Skate Park Project website. The first round of Skate Park Hero voting ended Thursday, May 25th at 7 p.m. The top tiers continue through June and July, with the Public Choice Grand Prize winner announcement occurring on or around July 28th. To vote for DeErico, visit skateparkhero.org 2023 backslash Aaron D 39 Erico. According to DeErico, there are three ways to vote. Each one has verification for fair voting. First, People may vote once a day for free by verifying their Facebook account. The second option allows voting twice a day for free by verifying identity via credit card. The card will not be charged. The third method is by donating to Tony Hawk's Skate Park Project. Donating hero votes gives more votes. For example, $10 equals 10 votes.
All donated hero votes going to Tony Hawk's skate park project were doubled Tuesday, May 23rd by 9 p.m. Derrico was born with cerebral palsy, making it unlikely that he will physically skate with Hawk should he win. Derrico would gladly let someone else skate in his place, he said, and provide them with the chance of a lifetime. Neither the money nor the skating are why he decided to participate in the contest. Giving back, Derrico said, is his motivation. His mother, Cynthia Derrico, instilled in him the importance of giving back and helping others. She was an angel on earth, and I want to honor her legacy, Aaron said. To give back, his goal is to apply the prize money and make shirts with his skater characters to help fund skate park upkeep. I want to pay it forward, so I'm doing this by choice, not by outside expectation. Nar Lee, one of Aaron's primary characters, was created as a tribute to Stan Lee and other heroes who have risked all odds to accomplish great feats. One local hero is Paul Chadwick, a comic artist that Aaron considers his mentor. They met when he was still in high school, and Aaron showed him his work. Rather than being discouraging, Aaron said Chadwick encouraged him to write a backstory for his characters to give them more depth. I have studied my heroes. I've studied what is possible, Aaron said, adding, I'm up to the impossible and have fun in the process. One might argue he has already achieved remarkable achievements. After being accidentally hit by a car in the town of Friday Harbor, Aaron put his energy into making sidewalks more pedestrian-friendly. He met with the then-town administrator, Duncan Wilson, and the two worked to implement curb cuts. Aaron was also able to work with the San Juan Library to install a buzzer so those that cannot manage the door easily can get assistance from the librarian. I am solution-oriented, he smiled. He would like to assist with a solution to cerebral policy as well. Aaron explained he would love to make a living off his comic strips and use some of the proceeds toward research. I want to use pop culture to change lives. That is my drive, he said. Should Aaron not win this time around, he isn't giving up either. He will simply try again next year. People have been so encouraging. I want to show them they are right, Aaron said. From the Islands Weekly, Catching Up with Lopez Graduates, Reese Hamilton, by Gretchen Wing. As part of its Where Are They Now series, the Lopez Island Community Scholarship Foundation, LICSF, is pleased and somewhat awed to report that Reese Hamilton, Lopez 20, will graduate from Willamette University in August of 2024 with not one, but three degrees, a Bachelor's of Arts and both a Bachelor's and a Master's in Data Science. Hamilton might be majoring in economics at the Salem, Oregon school, but his true skill seems to be adaptability. Graduating from high school and starting a four-year university at the height of the pandemic was challenging enough, but Hamilton seems to have exceeded mere accommodation to constraints. The same day as this interview, Hamilton was to present his capstone paper, 
a.k.a. the thesis for his economics major. A thesis at the end of junior year? Yeah, Hamilton says casually. I already got into grad school, so I'm doing my thesis early. How did Hamilton manage to fit so much learning into just over three years? Taking advantage of Willamette's 3 plus 1 master's program sounds simple in his explanation. I did all my prerequisites last year, so all next year will be a mix of grad and undergrad, then next summer will be my internship. Hamilton's matter-of-fact answer hints of an underlying approach like the Nike slogan, just do it. Originally an exercise and health science major, Hamilton switched to economics, then joined Willamette's new data science program. The best part, Hamilton says, is the way the program vaults him straight into real work. His upcoming internship with the Carlton Business Association, in Carlton, a small town outside of Salem, which includes wineries, shops, a bakery, and two farm-to-table restaurants, will involve data consultation for water usage. Why did Hamilton choose Willamette in the first place? His golf skills played a role, but the university's size also mattered. Small schools are more appealing, he says. You can build relationships with your professors, and I couldn't imagine myself being successful without that. Salem's location, with Portland, Eugene, Corvallis, Mount Hood, and the coast, all within shouting distance, was another draw, especially after Hamilton ended up quitting the golf team. It was a seven days a week time commitment most of the year, he reports, adding, and I got what I wanted out of the experience. Now, outside of class, he has more freedom to golf with friends, attend concerts or Blazers games, and explore the beauties of Western Oregon. While many 2020 freshmen either opted for or were forced into remote learning, Hamilton moved onto campus. He describes being masked everywhere, although roommates were allowed to choose about masking in room. Most classes met on Zoom, even for on-campus students, and the cafeteria fed everyone with to-go boxes. You'd go pick up your food, then eat outside, Hamilton says. But the weather was usually pretty bad, so usually students ended up eating in their rooms. He thanks golf for allowing him to meet people, which was otherwise pretty hard. And he joined a fraternity at the end of freshman year. By sophomore year, he says, college life felt semi-normal, so we could start doing active stuff together and start really building relationships. Instead of complaining about the disruption of his once-in-a-lifetime college experience, Hamilton reflects with equanimity, I understand how other people could have had a hard time with it, but I was of the mindset that we needed to be doing what we were doing. As for the shift from high school academics to college, Hamilton says he didn't feel that well-prepared, but it wasn't hard to figure out. He emphasizes that college classes aren't necessarily harder, but they are more time-consuming. They expect more. It's not hard to get a B, but it's really hard to get from a B to an A. But if you ask for help, he adds, you'll get it. He advises current Lopez students, 
be prepared for more work than you have now, and take the hardest classes they can. I took all of the hard stuff our school offered, Hamilton says. Asked if he has any other advice for future Lobo grads, Hamilton responds eagerly. Put yourself in situations where you can develop leadership skills above all else. That, he says, has been the real secret of his success. Now the president of his fraternity, Hamilton got a job leading Willamette's freshman orientation next year, which involves hiring 60 other students, designing and running activities. His main feedback from employers, he says, has been about people skills, interviewing, self-marketing, communication. Employers aren't looking all that much at your course history, but at you. Are you trustworthy? Can you communicate? Given his can-do work ethic, Hamilton will probably walk right into the job of his choice after graduation in 2024. He does hope to travel again, as he did with Lopez School, Greece, Peru, Nicaragua. But wherever he ends up, whatever is to be done, it seems likely that Reese Hamilton will just do it. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On May 17th, a deputy on Orcas was dispatched to a report of a bicyclist failing to obey a flagger. A citizen in East Sound took a license plate they found to the local sheriff's office. The license plate was identified through registration, and the company was contacted, and the plate was reunited with the vehicle it belonged to. A Lopez deputy responded to a report of an intoxicated individual laying down on the side of a gravel road. The individual was uninjured and was provided a ride home. Adult Protective Services were contacted. On May 20th, a deputy on Orcas responded to a theft complaint in the Rosario area, the reporting party wanted it documented that some reading glasses had been stolen out of their mailbox. There were no leads at the time. On May 21st, a deputy on San Juan spoke with a citizen who wanted to report a former roommate for damaging their carpet. They also wanted to report unauthorized purchases on their card. The individual did not wish to pursue criminal charges. They just wanted a, quote, paper trail. Deputies on San Juan responded to a report of a suspected DUI driver on board a Washington State ferry. After an investigation, it was determined the driver was impaired, was arrested for DUI, and booked into the San Juan County Jail. Public service announcement, getting drunk on the ferry is still not okay. On May 22nd, a report was made at the Orcas Sheriff's Office about an accident that took place the night before. The reporting party was attempting to pass a van in the middle of the road and struck the driver's side mirror. On San Juan, a hit-and-run report was filed at the Sheriff's Office. Sometime during the day before, a vehicle backed into a silver Jeep Grand Cherokee while it was parked in front of a business damaging the front bumper. Which is a nice way of saying, summertime is here, beware of where you park. 
And this concludes the May 31st edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. Orcus Center is your place for fun and intrigue this summer with live concerts, performances, art openings, and much, much more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit www.orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The journals, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.